Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance guests on the Goodyear Hotline, as always. And what a day this is to be alive and to love sports. Baseball season has begun. Alex Rodriguez is ready to go live in 90 minutes. Steve Young said something you absolutely need to hear. The list is about the best of the best, and I will tell you all about the best meal I will never eat in my life. All of that and more. It's Friday. It's showtime. Let's do it. Here we go. Only one place to start. I got to start with Steve Young, legendary BYU quarterback who went on to great success as a San Francisco 49er. Talking about another soon-to-be legendary BYU quarterback who might just want to go on to great success as a San Francisco 49er. I woke up to this this morning. I don't know if you've yet heard it, but I will make it Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Steve Young was a guest on KNBR Radio in San Francisco, and he was talking about Zach Wilson and what Zach Wilson wants and what the 49ers want. And here's what he said. There's no question in my mind that if – well, if they can figure out how to get Zach, that's their number one first choice. I just don't know how they get it done. The Jets have committed to Zach and recruited the family. I mean, I just I don't know how that gets undone. But you know, look, a lot can happen. I think the Zach would love it. Uh, the family would love it. You know, nothing would make anyone happier. I think the Forty ers that's their unstated first choice. So that would be wonderful. Well, wonderful is one word you could use to describe it. I can think of a few others. I guess it's a reminder that one man's wonderful is another man's something else in almost every circumstance. Now, what does that mean? There's a lot to unpack, isn't there? He's saying the Jets are set on Zach Wilson. That's not a surprise. He's saying the Niners actually want him. That's a little bit of a surprise when you consider they traded up to three, likely knowing they can't get him. So in reality, he's also saying there are at least three quarterbacks the 49ers would be satisfied to take in this draft. He's also saying that Zach Wilson's family wants Zach in San Francisco. And that is where this gets really interesting. I guess you'd have to ask, why wouldn't they? Here's how you'll know who San Francisco is taking. Does Jimmy G get traded to New England or anywhere else for that matter before the draft? If he does, then the 49ers are taking Mac Jones. If he doesn't, they're taking Trey Lance. I still don't fully understand why Justin Fields has dropped, but he has. We'll deal with all of those in a moment. Once again, the question is, if Zach Wilson and his family really want to wind up in San Francisco rather than in New York, is there anything they can do about it? Well, you know the answer to that is yes. The question is, do they want to? Because we will always point to the Eli Manning example. And we will point to the John Elway example. And do you know why we do that? Because they're basically the only two people ever to do it. And Elway did it 40 years ago. And Eli, 20. So we're basically saying once every 20 years or thereabouts, a player with leverage will force his way out of one situation and into another in the draft. Remember last year when Joe Burrow wasn't going to want to be a Bengal? As it turns out, Joe Burrow is just fine being a Bengal. And he's a Bengal, and things, despite his injury, look like they're going extraordinarily well there. And so I think the likeliest outcome here is that Zach Wilson will wind up being a Jet. Is that the best thing that could happen to him? Well, obviously not. Not if going to San Francisco was an option, because going to San Francisco would be the best thing that could happen to any of these quarterbacks. 
Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Which brings me back to Justin Fields. I'm not exactly sure why Fields has dropped in people's perception, but it certainly seems as though he has. When Todd McShay puts him fifth among the five quarterbacks in his mock draft, he's not telling you that's where he believes he belongs. In fact, McShay came on this show and on Get Up yesterday and said he thinks Fields is the number three quarterback in this class. He would take him third, but he believes he's going to go fifth. And here's what I will say. To Justin Fields, I will remind him of these names. Dan Marino, Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers. Do you know what they all have in common? They all fell on draft day. Dan Marino was in a quarterback class in 1983 that featured six quarterbacks. Do you know how many of them went in front of him? Five. Lamar Jackson was in a quarterback class much more recently that had five first-round quarterbacks. He was the fifth. Ben Roethlisberger was in a quarterback class that had three superstars at the top. There was actually a fourth quarterback who went in round one that year. But the three you remember are Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. Of those, Roethlisberger wound up going third. Worked out just fine with him. Aaron Rodgers was so distraught falling on draft day that I had to cheer him up. That's a true story. Who did it work out for? Him falling into the 20s and winding up in Green Bay? Or Alex Smith going number one overall and going to San Francisco with their revolving door of coaches and offensive coordinators? Alex Smith was considered a bust for a decade because of where he got drafted. So what I would say to Justin Fields, if indeed people are putting misinformation out there and all of that in order to try and drop his stock, maybe someone's trying to steal him later in the draft, all I'll say is sometimes that winds up being the best thing that can happen to a person. In fact, it's a fascinating story. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. Let me tell you a quick story. The year that Aaron Rodgers was drafted, so this was 2005, right? I have that right. It was 2005. Mike and I were hosting the NFL draft on ESPN Radio. So we were there. And that was the draft in which Alex Smith went one. And Mike, to his everlasting credit, said over and over and over again, they should be taking Rodgers. They should be taking Aaron Rodgers. And they didn't. They took Alex Smith. And then we sat there, and you've seen the video of it. We just watched Aaron Rodgers drop like a stone through the entirety of the first round. Winds up going all the way down to Green Bay in the mid-20s. And then he winds up coming and he does the interview. So first he went over and he did the interview on the set with Chris Berman and the, and the, the crew that was doing the draft on ESPN television. And then he came and sat with Mike and me to do ESPN Radio. I don't think NFL Network was doing the draft. I'm not even sure NFL Network existed yet at this time. This was 2005. We might have been the only people broadcasting the draft. But either way, he came and sat with us. And I'm telling you that he looked and the aura, the energy coming from him felt the way you would imagine if someone's, a dear relative had just died. He was devastated. So much so that I did something that was probably not really appropriate. I tried to console him. I, I'm doing an interview. I, we've never met in our entire lives. I'm not sure why his opinion, my opinion, why it would have made any difference to him, and I'm sure it didn't. But I was so kind of devastated for him that I said to him, you know, Aaron, it is still a great privilege and honor to be drafted in the first round of the National Football League draft, to which he said basically nothing. 
But I said that to him. He was so crushed. It's one of those days that I'll never forget. I love telling these stories because all these things have happened to me, and I generally have no one to tell. That's why I came back to radio, because everyone I know is sick of hearing my stories. I'll start that story, and Stace will go, yeah, we know. You consoled Aaron Rodgers. So that's why I'm back here, so I can bore you with my stories. But anyway, that's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. So if Justin Fields is sitting there at 11 and the Patriots trade up to take him, or let's say they don't, and let's say he winds up going 15 to the Patriots, you know what the Patriots are? Way the hell better than the Jaguars and the Jets. They're way better than the teams that are picking at the top. Teams aren't picking one and two for a reason because they weren't horrific. The Jets and Jaguars combined to win three out of 32 games last year. So you could go to that, or in a rookie salary cap league, you could wind up going to New England. Who do you think has a better shot of getting the better second deal? Hembo told us on television this morning, only 42% of quarterbacks drafted in the first round sign a second contract with their team. So you know what? The quarterback who goes fifth in this class of five may wind up in the long run being the best of them all. All right, we have lots more mock draft stuff to get to today. But coming up next, who is really the best player in baseball? The answer to that question might surprise you, and I will give it to you definitively next as we get rolling. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Uh, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests like the one and only Alex Rodriguez this morning. A-Rod on the Goodyear Hotline. In five minutes, I'm going to tell you the one event in sports I would most love to attend, but never will. Literally number one on my list. And yet I know I never will. That's in five minutes here on ESPN Radio. Meanwhile, this word from HelloFresh. Hit refresh on your dinner routine with HelloFresh. Right now, you can take advantage of a new limited time offer and see why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. 
HelloFresh delivers simple recipes and high-quality ingredients picked at the peak of ripeness. They offer more than 25 recipes each week, all designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12 and use the code Greeny12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping for limited time only. That's HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12 and use the code Greeny12 for 12 free meals. I'm ready to go right now. Green light, green light with Greeny. Give me the green light. All right, and today I'm giving the green light to hashtag Hembo, who is my vice president in charge of analytics and many other things, who yesterday actually did stats for his first Major League Baseball game. Do I have that right? You have that right. I did the I did talent stats for Rockies Dodgers yesterday. I've been doing stats at ESPN for like about six, seven years now, your show and others. My first ever game. It was a lot of fun. All right. And who was the talent? It was Jess Mendoza and Dave Fleming. And so, so run us through. I think mm. everyone would be interested to hear the background on this. Sure. Where was everyone as they were doing this job? Okay, so this is a Dodgers-Rockies game being played in Denver, Colorado. Dave Fleming is calling this game from his home in San Francisco. Jess Mendoza is doing the game from her home in Oregon. I'm doing stats from my home in New Jersey, and the production room is at a, in a truck in Charlotte, North Carolina. So all of that to make a baseball game go on the air. It's pretty wild. Such is life in 2021, but fun. I'm glad you got the chance to do it. So as I've told you, uh, no one loves anything more than Hembo loves baseball, and no one... Uh, knows more about anything than Hembo knows about baseball. So regularly we will give Hembo the green light to give you the three most interesting and important things that happened in the sport on a given day. So with yesterday being opening day, give me three. Give me the four. What is the first thing amongst the most interesting and important things that happened on opening day, Hembo? Gary Sanchez, Greeny, is the most important player on the Yankees this season. Not Judge, not Stanton, not Cole. It's Gary Sanchez. He homered yesterday, put together four really good at-bats. I got to watch a bunch of that game. This is a player who batted 147 last season, nearly lost his job as the starting catcher for the Yankees, looked really good yesterday, a huge cog in that lineup. He was actually, those two, that two-run homer, their only offense on the day yesterday, so that's number one. Number two, most interesting and important things that happened on opening day. Yes, from the game that I did. So Clayton Kershaw threw 77 pitches yesterday, generated only six swings and misses against the Rockies. Very rare for him. Definitely something to keep in mind to monitor on what should be an historically good pitching rotation. This is a rotation so good that Jake, uh, excuse me, that David Price did not make it. David Price is in their bullpen. They have that many good starting pitchers. How old is Kershaw now? Uh, he's, 30, <laughs> let me look it up. So, 32, well, 33. Don't, I don't like, need it exactly, but early 30s, yes, right? Yes. A lot of, lot of tread on those tires, though. Well, so that's what I'm asking you. Is Are you saying this as you say something to monitor? Mm-hmm. Are you suggesting that you feel as though we are going to start to see the decline of Kershaw this year? It's possible. I think what's more likely is that, a, that they won't use him that much. Maybe 120, 140 innings, something like that. It's not inconceivable, though, that he's not among their five best starting pitchers this year. All right, next one. Three most interesting and important things that happened on opening day. What's number three? Greeny, the Cubs mustered up only two hits, two, in a 5-3 loss to the Pirates, who we all consider to be the worst team in baseball this season. It was their fewest hits on opening day since 14, 19, 14. Mm. And on that opening day in 1914, their four or five hitters were named Heine Zimmerman 
and Wildfire Schulte. <laughs> <They had, laughs> so between Zimmerman and Schulte, they had themselves a rough day. And so yesterday, what happened to the Cubs? I know the answer to this, but I know that a lot of people across the country probably do not, which is to say that when the Cubs won the World Series a few years ago with that team they put together that lost in the NLCS to the Mets in 15 and then won the World Series in 16, that looked like the beginning of a dynasty. I remember saying on the air on Mike and Mike at the time, that there was no team in sports whose future, whose short-term future I would bet on in any sport before I would bet on the Cubs. Mm. And here they are, and they're, they're, they're over-under this year is under 500. How did that happen this fast? Well, the question then was not would they win another championship. It was how many more championships would they win. But right. the, the collection, the nucleus of those players, Baez and Bryant and Rizzo and Schwarber, all those guys, they just failed to collectively develop. It's very bizarre when you see them go sort of across the board that way. You'd expect at least a couple of those guys to sort of uh, to, to sort of become great players, and you know maybe others not so much. All four, all four, you know, all four or five of those guys failed to become what we thought they'd become, and you know they really peaked five years ago. And the result is a mess and a huge disappointment, and a lot of bad moods in the Greeny household <laughs> uh, with the, the Chicago born and raised wife. So no fun there. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's Home Quote Explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go on online get a custom quote save both time and money learn more at progressive.com the list is what determines who matters in this business the green list so so we brought this up yesterday um with with the huge deal that finally got done going right down to the last second with the mets and you you find yourself asking the question who are the top five players in major league baseball we talk about all those young players on the Cubs. There, was there or was there not a time when we thought Chris Bryant was a lock to become one of the five oh, best players he was, in he was on a He was a, on a Hall of Fame track. He won the Rookie of the Year and the MVP in consecutive seasons. It's unheard of to start the Chris Bryant. He was Bryant on the cover now. of every magazine. He was everything. So the question is today, where we sit today, who are the five best players in Major League Baseball? That's today's green list. Here we go. Number five. Number five is Juan Soto. Two years ago, he was the best hitter in the World Series at the age of 20. Last year, he was the best hitter in all of baseball at the age of 21. No one has ever done that. No one has ever had that back-to-back. I was actually toying with putting Soto higher on this list than this. But ultimately, I think he landed at five. But if I had to bet on someone to be moving up on this in the next year or two, I would probably start with him. Number four. Or Fernando Tatis, who I would put put fourth on this list. He's number four on today's green list of the best players in baseball. Soto was five. Tatis is four. He still hasn't played 162 games. He's the only player in history with at least 35 home runs and 25 steals in his first 150 games, and he's the best defensive shortstop in the bigs. He is the best defensive shortstop in baseball, and he hit 35 home runs and 25 steals in 150 games. Now, we're going to have Alex Rodriguez on this show, and A-Rod, of course, played many of the most famous seasons of his career at third base. But the best seasons of his career came when he was the best shortstop mm-hmm. in the sport. Is Tatis on that kind of track? Does he have A-Rod kind of power is the question. I don't think that he's going to hit close to 700 career home runs, but I wouldn't put it past him given the start that he's had so far. Tatis is four. The five best players in baseball right now. Juan Soto is five. Fernando Tatis Jr. is four. Number three. Mookie Betts is three. In the last three years, he's been the best player on two different World Series champions in different leagues. A rare 5 2 player for whom, without Mike Trout, we might be saying is a generational talent. If it weren't for Trout, 
I think everyone would say that Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball, which might lead you to say, Greeny, then how can he only be number three? It's because other people might say that. But on this program, we take you a step farther. Number two. The second best player in baseball is Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom just posted the best adjusted ERA in a three-season stretch of any player in baseball history from the ages of 30 to 32. He has thrown fewer career innings than Babe Ruth did. And half the people who know baseball, don't, who know a little bit about baseball, don't even realize Babe Ruth was a pitcher. The point is, Jacob deGrom is still closer to the beginning than he is to the end. And he is not only the best pitcher in the sport, but he is, when you put the numbers together, put together a stretch that is as good as any in the history of the sport. And I know that my main man, Hembo, has me thinking that not only is deGrom going to win the Cy Young this year, but that DeGrom is a good bet to win the MVP of the National League this year. My numbers say that among all starters in the history of baseball, he has produced more value on a per-inning basis than any of them. First on that list is Jacob DeGrom, and second on that list is Pedro Martinez. First is, is DeGrom, and second is Pedro. He's that good, and he is number two on today's green list. Number one. Number one is Trout. Mike Trout is the best player in the baseball in the last half century. Yes? I mean, is that, is that a reasonable... Way to look at it. Depending on where you net out with Barry Bonds, he's, I think Trout is the best player to debut in the last 60 years. Here's what I will say. I net out on the side of Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, but I cannot say that based upon all... Because if Barry Bonds had just been the first half of Barry Bonds' career, Mike Trout is better. Agreed. Right? Yes. So Trout is that. He has the fifth best batting line of all time. He's already generated more value than the entire careers of Reggie Jackson, Frank Thomas, or Derek Jeter. He has never in his career finished outside the top five in MVP voting in any of his nine full seasons. And oh, by the way, even though you think he's been in the majors since roughly 1974, he turns 30 this summer. He's not even 30. Mike Trout is not just the best baseball player right now. Mike Trout is on his way to being one of the greatest baseball players on a very short list of the greatest of all time. That is today's green list. And Nuno... Hashtag Nuno, the outstanding producer of this program, sent me a little note in which he wrote, here are the top selling jerseys in Major League Baseball to start the season. Your best player is number 10. 10. 10. There are nine players whose jerseys sell better than Mike Trout's in Major League Baseball. Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Tatis, Harper, Clayton Kershaw, Aaron Judge, Ronald Acuna, Francisco Lindor, Kike Hernandez, and then you get to Trout. Wow. So, I mean, that's where we are. Did you tell me Mike Trout's Q rating is 25? One in four Americans recognize his face in those Q, uh, in those Q rating tests. What One percentage of Americans would recognize the face of Derek Cheater? Three in four. Just to give, I like, got 75%, and, and, and he's been out of the sport for years. This is the thing. I mean, Mike Trout is baseball's best player. He is a generational talent. Mike Trout, you're watching Mickey Mantle. That's who we're watching. Mickey, Mickey Mantle is playing in Major League Baseball mm. today, and nobody knows who he is. So that's something they have to get rectified and something they have to figure out. Greeny reminding you, the NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in this Sunday as Kawhi and the Clippers host the Lakers. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 3 o'clock Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Okay. Here's something I just want you to know. And it, it goes back to what I promised at the beginning of this conversation, that I would tell you of the one event in sports I would most love to attend but never will. And that is the dinner that takes place on Tuesday night, Masters Week, 
in Augusta, Georgia. At Augusta National, it is a dinner that is attended exclusively by all of the Masters champions. They wear their green jackets. The reigning champion gets to design the menu, gets to choose the menu. And they all just sit there and God knows what they talk about, but I'd give anything, (laughs) literally anything, to attend that event. And I never will. I never will. Because as much as my game is improving... I would describe my chances of winning the Masters at this point as being unlikely. <laughs> at the age of 53 with an index of 7.1, I think it is unlikely that I will win the Masters. I've not given up on the idea of winning an event on the Champions Tour. I'm still working towards that. But I think I'm still a few years away, so I think it is unlikely that I'm going to win the Masters, which means I'm very unlikely to ever attend that dinner. Can I make one brief aside And I'd like to bring Bubba into this conversation because many of you may not know this, uh, but Bubba at one time was actually a Michelin star chef, um, owned several restaurants that were very, very highly regarded in Paris and some in the environs, um, and now has come here to pursue his true love of being the board operator on this program. But, But he has great life experience in that regard. And so I could not help but notice, Bubba, in the, in the design of the menu, that the appetizer that Dustin Johnson is serving is pigs in a blanket. Sure. And that, that leads me to ask the question, what exactly is pigs in a blanket? What, but what are pigs in a blanket exactly? Because I think I'm wrong about what they are. What are pigs in a blanket? It's just like miniature hot dogs. Is it the little mini hot dog that is inside of a croissant? Yeah, as far I as, I don't yeah. think so. I think pigs mean? in a blanket is a sausage inside of a pancake. I was on a radio show. When I was coming back to do this, I did a huge radio tour. I was on like every ESPN radio station in the country. And one of them, I don't remember which one, I apologize. But if you're listening, you'll know who I was talking to. We're having, they were having a debate over what exactly are pigs in a blanket. And they were arguing that those little things, which I think are called snossages, what is the, <laughs> the little thing that is a little mini hot dog, a mini hot dog inside of a, like a little croissant? That you will see all the time. Is that pigs in a blanket? Yes. And if you're, you're going to ask me, am I going to trust you or Bubba when it comes to miniature hot dogs? It's Bubba. No, no. Look, I, uh, granted, I'm not eating either of them, but I'm, I'm just <laughs> asking the question. What, uh, Bubba, are those, what are pigs, are pigs well, in a blanket, the little mini hot According to the, uh, our fast research here, it does look like <laughs> the original, uh, you know, original maybe pigs in a blanket was sausage in a pancake. Right. But I have never in my life ever even seen that. Anytime I've ever seen someone serve pigs in a blanket, it is just a miniature hot dog, yeah, in a croissant or whatever. I think it has a Whether different it's name. Whether it here in America or when I was in Paris or wherever, <laughs> it's always been a mini hot dog. I don't, it's, it's a mini hot dog. I don't think it's pigs in a blanket. I don't. I think that is a misnomer. So what I, do you think Dustin Johnson's going to have? I think Dustin Johnson's going to have what you're talking about, the little mini right. hot dog inside of a, I keep calling it a croissant. I don't know what you call that. It's, a, it's like a crusty shell. It, like a, it, it, it's, it's like a, crescent, a pie crust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is kind of like a croissant, but I, whatever. Yeah, a, a crescent roll. The, the point of it is, <laughs> Thanks, the Bubba. point of it is, I don't think that's actually what pigs in a blanket are. And, and that was just kind of what they are now. Maybe it wasn't what they once were. It's well, what we've they've become. We've taken a calling at that. So, so Bubba, w- with your culinary expertise, I'd like you to. I will now. I will now describe what my meal would be if I got to win the Masters. If I were to win the Masters and don the green jacket, then I would. Um, I would serve the dinner, 
And Bubba, what I'd like you to give me is the wine pairing. So for each of these dishes that I serve, my favorite thing is wine, and I love the wine pairing. So you tell me what is the appropriate wine ser- a ser- a pairing for each of these courses. So the first course naturally would be a caprese salad, my absolute favorite food in the world. You've got your beautiful buffalo mozzarella. You've got your tomatoes. You can do it any number of ways. I like the roasted peppers, marinated mushrooms. The more stuff you throw on there, the happier I am with the caprese. Bubba, what would you describe as the correct wine pairing for the caprese salad? Oh, uh, Definitely a Sauvignon Blanc. Okay, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> I like that. I think that's fair. I'm good with that. Uh, next, I would do a pasta course. I love a pasta course before you get to your entree. We could do it with like a, a spicy red sauce if you want, sort of an arrabbiata. Mm. Or if you wanted to do something a little lighter because you're worried about getting too full, you could just do it in a little olive oil, a little basil, a little a sprinkle, a little cheese on top of there. So we'll do a pasta course. Bubba, what would be the appropriate wine pairing there? You know, a lot of people go uh, Pinot there, but I'm going to go Chardonnay. Okay, we'll go with the Chardonnay. So we're, we're, it's, we're heavy on the white so far. I'm fine with that. Then, of course, you have to have a beef and a fish option. That seems to be with the way these things work at both weddings and at this dinner. I can't help but notice they always do. So he's doing like a, a beef and a sea bass. Mm. So what would be the, the appropriate pairing there uh, for that course in your mind, uh, Bubba? I think I'm going to have to go with a, uh, a <laughs> See how many, do you know any other grapes? Can you name another grape? Uh, <laughs> he, can't he can't do it. I'm, I'm going to have to go with a, uh, hmm, so many options here. So you can go with options. a Cabernet Sauvignon if you wanted to. That would probably a nice, a nice heavy. With a uh, Malbec? With a, a Malbec. <laughs> You could do the Malbec with the beef. You'd be just, they get that from Australia, you would be just fine. Yeah, it'll be paired perfectly. And, and then finally, for dessert, we're going to serve fresh fruit and gelato. So I would ask you, you what is your favorite uh, flavor of gelato, Bubba? That would be my real question. If we're serving gelato, what flavor do you think oh, we should Oh, for serve? that, you got to go with a Portuguese wine. <laughs> with a. <laughs> Fair enough. You've stumped me. I can't name one. I don't know what grapes they grow there. Uh, it's close to Spain, so maybe they'll do like a Rioja. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Nuno is Portuguese. <laughs> Nuno, can you give me a, an example? What would uh, what would what exactly is Bubba talking about? Yes, he's talking about going with a Portuguese uh, port wine. Okay, either oh, like oh, a oh, tawny. Port. That's it. Yes, right. The port port yeah. comes from Portugal. Yes. That's exact. Thank you. You're exactly right. Absolutely like a, a port. A, a very. That's what it, it's a. It's a very heavy uh, dessert wine. Very delicious. Not my, not my personal taste, but people love it. So there it is. That would be my dinner. And that is the one sporting event, if you will, that I will never attend, that I would give absolutely anything if I could. All right, my draft prep is still coming today. Alex Rodriguez is coming today, but, not, but next, you're coming today. My phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776 is my number. The question is, what's on your mind? Heading into a huge sports weekend. Baseball is here. The draft is coming up. Final four this weekend and a whole lot more. Give me a call, 888-729-3776. We'll find out what's on your mind after this word from 303 Products. Have you ever seen a vehicle at a stoplight or a parking lot that just seems to stand out because of its deep mirror-like paint? It's gorgeous. You're probably thinking you don't have the money or the time to spend to do that to your own vehicle. But let me tell you, think again. New 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating is a revolutionary new product that provides that same level of protection and shine that you get from a professional detail. But you can do it yourself in your own garage. You just spray it on, you let it haze, then you buff it off. 
You'll have up to a year of paint protection in addition to that jaw-dropping depth and gloss that'll have others admiring your ride on its next drive. It helps repel dust. It reduces water spotting. Keep your car looking cleaner between washes. You can also use it on the car's glass and the wheels and the trims. It's gorgeous. It's now available at Advance Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide. Or you can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. That's 303radio.com. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Coming up this morning with Greeny, three-time MVP, Alex Rodriguez, as Baseball Legends Week continues. Alex Rodriguez, this morning with Greeny at 1130 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny rolling along here celebrating the third birthday of ESPN Plus. Three years of bringing you three-pointers, hat tricks, 30 for 30s, and so much more. Celebrate with us today by streaming your favorite live sports, originals, and documentaries on ESPN Plus. Remember, this program and tons of live sports talk every single day on ESPN Plus. I have a show, Better Days, on ESPN Plus. We did one season. I've shot the second already. It's coming out this spring. So you should be signing up right now. Thank you for joining us for the past three years. And if you don't have ESPN Plus yet, join the party by signing up at ESPNplus.com. Meanwhile, it is time for your phone calls here, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And the question is, what's on your mind as we head into this very busy sports weekend in April? Bubba, who's our first caller today? First up, we have Eric. All right, Eric, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, listen, man, I'm an Eagles fan. I want to know what are chances of landing somebody like Russell Wilson or even Deshaun Watson because I don't got trust in Jalen Hurts <laughs> as far as I can throw him. And Joe Flacco is not who he was during the Ray Lewis years, so I'm not confident in either one of them. So do you think Howie Roseman should pursue yes. either one of those guys? Thanks for the call. Here's what I think. Thank you, Eric, for calling. Here's what I think. Let's put Deshaun in a different there's no way to know what's going to happen with that. And frankly, that conversation is far bigger than football. Let's just leave that aside for the moment and let's wait and see where it goes. As far as Russell Wilson is concerned, here's what I believe you're setting yourself up to do in Philly. By trading back, by accumulating more picks and thus more good players, you put together the beginning of the rebuild. You give Jalen Hurts a shot for a year, you see what you've got. Next year, you will have multiple picks. You will have an extra first-rounder. Do they have three first-round picks? If Carson Wentz plays the full season, though. That's right. They get the pick for Wentz. You could have three first-round picks that you could give Seattle for Russell Wilson next offseason. So I don't think there's any way in the world Russell Wilson's coming to Philly this year. But if he doesn't get traded this offseason, then I think the Eagles have an excellent chance to land him next year if they want to. 
And maybe, just maybe, Jalen Hurts winds up proving he belongs there and should be the quarterback. That's kind of a win-win, if you ask me. So the Eagles, all things considered, look, you're a rebuilding team, but you got some pieces to build with. So I, I don't think it is as bleak as a lot of people are picturing it right now in Philadelphia. Eric, thank you for the call. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Ryan. All right, Ryan, what's on your mind? Hey, Greening, what's on my mind is I've always thought there's two fraternities that are very special, the Heisman Trophy and a Masters Champion. Both come with perks. You know, one is you get a, you get to be on a Nissan commercial for the rest of your life, but the other one, you have one good week, uh, four days like Trevor Immelman, Charles Cootie, you become a Masters Champion. It's the same. If you have one good season, you might be the Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. How? Which one do you think – and I think you're going to say Masters Champion, is the most prestigious fraternity to be a part of. Is there another one besides a Masters Champion? Well, you know, we used to talk on the old show. I remember we had a bunch of days. Would you rather have a gold, an Olympic gold medal or a green jacket? And Mike would always say he'd rather have an Olympic gold medal. He loves the Olympics. And I would always say I'd rather have the green jacket. I'd rather have the green jacket than anything. Now, the Heisman is an extreme. It's a good comparison. Because there's one Masters champion every year and there's one Heisman winner every year. Frankly, they probably go back to about the same time. The, Jay Burwanger won the first Heisman trophy in the 30s, I think. And the Masters goes back to the late 20s. It, it, there's probably almost exactly the same. Well, there aren't the same number of people because a lot of people have won the Masters multiple times. So there will be fewer Masters winners. right? Archie Griffin is the only person to win the Heisman more than once. Jack Nicholas has six jackets. The Heisman, trophy, the, the Heisman Trophy dates to 1935, like you said. 35. Jay Burwanger was the first winner, right? Yeah. So there are 35 till I'm not going to do the math in my head, like 85 Heisman winners or something like that. And there's going to be a lot fewer Masters champions because many people have won it multiple times. So to me, the most exclusive fraternity is Masters champions, but Heisman is not bad. It's a good call. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Bubba, who's next? Next, we got Mike. All right, Mike, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Greeny. Uh, as much as I'd want to imagine Jack Nicholson or Nicholas eating a uh, mini hot dog out of a croissant, I worked for a Polish butcher when I was 16, and pigs in a blanket that I'm aware of is a minced garlic mix rolled up in a grape leaf steamed. How would you like that instead? So I'm sorry, say that again. A minced garlic mint? mint what? Oh. Mint? Sausage mix in sausage. a grape leaf, rolled up, steamed. Okay, so that that is not. I've never even heard of that. To be completely Sounds honest with like you, something I'd pair with a uh, Zinfandel. I, no, I've had that, but I've never heard that being called uh, pigs well, in a no, blanket. I've, I've not either. What he just described, I would call dolmitis, right? Yes, in, in Greek. Yes, Hembo is Greek. We, we, Lizzie makes grape leaves once a week. Right. No, I love them. <laughs> I like the grape leaves without the meat. I like just the rice. Uh, cold or hot? Cold. Are you kidding? No, I like them oh, cold. Oh, come on. With, oh, the cold is very nice with the tahini sauce to dip or it, dip them in a little hummus. It's much better hot with yogurt. Much, much, much better. It's a meal that way. Grape leaves cold. Ugh. You have no idea what you're talking Are you kidding? about. kidding? My last name is Hembakitis. Let me just say this. Yeah, your last name is Hembakitis, but you have no idea when it comes to food. I'm telling you right now that I de- definitively prefer the Dolmitis cold. And that's what I would call that. I would never call that pigs in a blanket. My mother is never making hummus for you again. Well, let me ask you. Will you call your mother and ask her, would she ever describe what he just said as pigs in a blanket? I'll text her right now. Text your mother. I mean, we got to get Hembo's mom on this thing mm. because we got to get to the bottom. Of it. Well, what you may not know is that actually 
Bubba is an expert in this area. He did study for a great deal Mediterranean cooking. Um, and so I would ask you, uh, Bubba, is that something you would ever have called pigs in a blanket? Absolutely not. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know what he was talking about. No, and, 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 and you couldn't even name a wine pairing for that, I would imagine. I don't know what he was talking about for various reasons. Okay. <laughs> A-Rod coming up in our next hour, Draft Prep and more ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.